Did you know a podcast episode like this can provide literally dozens of marketing content assets for your business? It's brought to you by Content Monster, your go-to for engaging marketing content, like this podcast or remote video production. It's not just a podcast, it's your marketing powerhouse. Visit contentmonster.com to learn more. That's contentmonsta.com. Hey guys, we are here. We are recording and filming episode four of Real Time with Rachel today. And I have a very fun guest for us today. She's my friend, Deborah Friend Wilson. She's my friend twice, Deborah Friend Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we're going to talk today about some of, um, well, we're going to talk a little bit about the community, which we love. And we are going to talk to Deborah today about her consulting firm, Balanced Plate Consulting, which has a whole bunch of cool things that they do. She's going to tell us all about them. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the Lake House, which um, she is has plays a big hand in. I think that that would be a gentle way of saying that you run the show, except for your husband, <laughs> Chef Jason Wilson, who... Is the main dude, right? He's the main dude. He's the main dude. So we'll talk a little bit about that, too. We had the pleasure of meeting when you so kindly set up a beautiful lunch for me and my comrades, who were, of course, my filming crew, and got to really introduce us to a little bit more about the menu at the Lake House. And then you and I got to talking. We have a bunch of mutual friends, and we were surprised we didn't know each other already just from living around here and our kids are the same age, but we didn't know each other. But since then, we have enjoyed um, getting to know each other. And you had mentioned to me about your amazing work that you do for the hospitality sector. And we just thought it would be really fun to talk about it, especially right now with the holidays coming up. I think it would be really nice for people to know about some of the services that um, are available out there. We, you and I talked the other day and we talked about how um, most of our first jobs were working in a restaurant. So I'm going to have you expand about that. So that's the intro, everyone. And now I'm going to introduce Deborah. She's going to tell us a little bit more what it is that you do and why it's so important that you and I are having this conversation today. Oh, thank you so much. It is such a treat, first of all, to have met you several months ago now. Your energy and just your your whole vibe, I can see why you are so loved and listened to and people just love to be around you because you're such a good you're such a light Aww, and thank you're so you. checks real in the mail. Honest. Thank you so it's much. True. It's true, <laughs> but it's it's just refreshing, you know, though, I don't know if it's the older I get or whatever it is, but it's like, you just have this authenticity to you that is so, just so pleasurable to be around. So thank, thank you. you. And for- I think good people attract good people. There you and go. So I think as we are getting older, where you and I are probably about the same age, it's like, yeah. you know, I'm picky about who I hang with, but yeah. once I find somebody that I'm really like, really enjoy their energy, just like you just said about me, I felt the same about you. It's just like, 
you know, now I'm texting you, hey, I'm coming in. Are you going to be there? Like, I want to see you. Like, exactly. Well, time, time, right. Like time is so precious, right? So we get to be more particular now with how we spend it. And that's such a relief to finally realize at a certain time in your life. So absolutely. And I think women kind of like supporting other women um, Mm -hmm. is just like something that's become so important to me over the last couple of years, especially because um, I know you were a single mom until you got married again to Jason. And, you know, same for for me for the last six years and maybe it's seven now wow um either way it's a long time but we kind of recreated reinvented ourselves both of us and we gotta like promote each other right we do we promote each other right i know yeah i mean men women all genders all ages or whatever it's really about that connection and that mutual support and a little bit less fear and a little more honesty so yes Um, I, I very much appreciate you having me on and you're right. This is a, what we'll talk about today, um, that you're so gracious to invite me to talk about is the, um, the service industry. And so many people are taking part in, you know, retail and restaurants and all of these things because it's the holiday season. Um, and so many people are working in that environment now, even people temporarily working, to make extra money during this busy time or whatever. And so um, there's there's just a lot of attention around how we exchange goods and services together and how those systems work or don't work. Yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about how you started getting interested in this, and then we can kind of go from there. So I... Um, I went back. So my first career is in marketing and public relations. I used to own a PR agency here in Seattle, like many, many, many years ago, um, and took a hiatus from the corporate world to raise my children and um, do my own, you know, soul searching and enter a different chapter in my life. Um, And I decided to go back to school to pursue what my original interest was career wise, which was psychology and mental health counseling. Um, So a few years ago, I went back to Seattle University to pursue a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. And it was a fascinating time because the pandemic started right around the time that I started getting that degree. So all of a sudden, instead of like hoofing it around campus, I was sitting on my computer Mm -hmm. like you and I are now um, taking classes in Zoom and just watching in real time the... um, the paradigm shift in how people communicate and then really what's important to people in terms of their emotional and mental well-being. Yeah. Um, simultaneously in my life, I came together, fell in love with my now husband, Jason Wilson. He is a chef and a restaurateur, has been in the business also for like 20, 25 years, more probably. Um, and I watched his industry, the restaurant industry, really get annihilated in the pandemic. Um, Obviously, people couldn't go to restaurants anymore. And so many businesses, you know, closed or we at the the restaurant that we own together, the Lake House went on hiatus. Um, And, you know, so sort of watch that demise. And then we had the opportunity to build it back up and have people come back to work again and people come out to eat again. And what we discovered, like the rest of the world, was everybody was traumatized. We had traumatized guests and a traumatized workforce. Um, And that really meant we couldn't find people to come back to work. 
We couldn't find I was people. shocked you guys actually opened back up again. I thought for sure that was not going to be a thing. Yeah. So. And so many people, so many amazing restaurants were not able to open up again. Yeah. And that really wasn't fair. Um, it was just a really, really hard thing to watch that decimation of an industry happen in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I was getting this mental health counseling degree and saw that there was a mental health crisis in the restaurant industry. There really was one brewing before the pandemic and the pandemic really just exacerbated all the things that were difficult about it. I think that the Food Network and certain shows, you know, would highlight this Gordon Ramsay, like, you know, bombastic chef mentality. And and even sadly, the Anthony Bourdain story of, Mm -hmm. you know, what he went through and ultimately, you know, people losing their lives to suicide in this industry. um, It was it was sort of fodder for entertainment in a really unfortunate way. Right. But it's also a very real crisis. And the pandemic led to a whole bunch of people choosing not to come back to work in the restaurants. We all prioritized our time and said, I don't want to do that for a living. You know, I, my mental health is important to me. So I saw there to be a giant opportunity to bring mental health and wellness services to the restaurant industry. And that's what I did. I paused getting my degree. I went through some certifications to get some professional coaching certifications and some telehealth certifications and addiction and trauma and uh, opened up a consulting practice to help restaurants learn how to take care of their people. That's incredible. So restaurants will come to you and hire you Mm -hmm. and then you will go in and hold different seminars or is it one-on-one counseling? Like what exactly happens? So we offer a suite of services, um, everything from one-on-one individual like leadership and wellness coaching for um, management of restaurants to we run workshops on things like substance abuse or unconscious bias or diversity training, Mm -hmm. conflict resolution for staff. Um, We consult to have restaurants open up safe spaces like safe psychological spaces for staff so in at the lake house my restaurant we call that the wellness room certain other restaurants have like an area or somewhere to go when staff need to kind of get off the floor and decompress for a second wow yeah there used to be this old adage of go cry in the walk-in you know like it gets like stressful at work and so you go stand in the freezer and honestly i kind of love that because you know you get hot literally so it's sort of (laughs) nice to stand in a freezer But so we created these psychological safe environments for people to just learn how to feel their feelings while they're working, process them, talk about them, take a pause, take a breath, and then go back and provide um, services in a more balanced and healthy way. That's amazing. I mean, I, my first job was, um, I worked at Il Fernayo in San Francisco. Yes. And I was um, going to be my uncle through marriage was was the starter of, of Il Fernayo in San Francisco. No so he was very nice to give me a job and I was going to be in their restaurant management program. That was kind of the plan post-college for two seconds. I had several plans. And um, I served breakfast and lunch every day with Bartholo. He and I we ran that place. It was right at Levi Plaza. So it was super busy. All these business people coming in for breakfast and we worked five days a week. It was like actually 
the best. Like if you're going to work in a restaurant, I can't believe that they even had that for us because I just went every day at 530 and then I was done at noon every single day or one after lunch, too. But yeah. I worked every day those that time. But some crazy stuff happens there. And here I am, like pretty young and yeah. just like my first job, like, you know, my first my first job, like where yeah. I'm really like committing all my time to it. And um, people do get like seriously huffy and everyone is there for a certain reason. I remember once like I didn't get a tip. Mm-hmm. This guy did not tip me. And I remember now if I had had you, I could have like just gone in the, the wellness room for a minute. Mm-hmm. But instead, I was like 22 and I was like, why didn't you tip me? I was so upset, right? You can't ask a guest why they didn't tip you. My service probably sucked. But <laughs> I didn't know how to handle that. And, yeah. you know, it left me in a, in you know, kind of in a way for a day or so. Like, I, I just couldn't believe it. And um, that's obviously not a huge mental health crisis. But in the moment, just like having someone there who could have been able to, like, you know, help me through that. Somebody who was trained to be like, hey, Rachel, you, you probably did a terrible job. <laughs> that's why you didn't get yeah, Or, I mean, that is such a natural phenomenon. I mean, imagine... First of all, one in, according to the Department of Labor and Industries, one in two Americans' first jobs was in a restaurant. Right. So that's half of our workforce who is starting out their careers in this kind of environment. So it's a really amazing statistic. It's a great opportunity for us to say, hey, let's pay attention to this industry so that we set people off on the healthiest foot forward. Right. Exactly. Um, but, you know, in your case, you know, if... All of us now in your job, uh, you know, if you had a client in your job stand up and give you a scorecard with every interaction, you know, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, it's just like <laughs> this tipping concept is essentially it's obviously it's it's a wonderful thing to have. But it also is for us emotionally, it's validation. Did right. I do a good job? Right. right? It's really so, like hard on your ego, which, by the way, is. I believe Lake House now puts a 20 percent service charge we on the do bill, right yeah. talk right. about that for a minute just to switch over for one second because i feel like a lot of my listeners would be very interested because some people don't understand this and i have had numerous conversations with my girlfriends about it um yeah some girls that i hang out with are like we don't like that yeah yeah i understand i understand both sides and honestly the industry is still going through what i think is sort of an experimentation with this concept but um the Lake House and a lot of other restaurants in the Seattle area, at least, are adding an automatic 20% service charge so that tipping is not expected. A lot of people ask, like, what should I do? I feel rude if I don't leave an additional tip. It is important that the consumer knows there is no, at least for the Lake House, I, I guess mm-hmm. I can only speak for right. our establishment, right. but I do believe this is the norm that when you're adding that kind of service charge, what you're saying to your guest is, we're taking care of our staff. You know, that goes, in our case, 100% of that goes to our staff and to our services for our staff. So there is no expectation that somebody would have to pay anything additional. They can if they want to, but we really try to make it clear to guests that they don't need to, to avoid that awkward thing. Right, and I think it's great. And P.S., if you haven't been to the lake house yet, let me just say, the service is impeccable. I actually was there the other night for a cocktail, And I saw Jacob 
And he oh, came up to yay. me. He he helped us a couple of weeks ago when we were yeah. in for, for a friend's birthday. But he came up to me and gave me a hug. And, you know, how are you? Yeah. I mean, I did call him Jesse. And then I was like, <laughs> you're not Jesse. Hold on a minute. And he was so cute. He's like, That's it's okay. Jacob. But the service is impeccable. And you definitely, I, I never feel bad when the bill comes and there's 20% on it. And I think some of that just comes with understanding, especially like, you know, I will never forget my sister was like her first job was like a barista. And my dad once said, like, I just shove as much money as I can in that tip Mm -hmm. jar because Mm -hmm. I just think about Sarah being a barista. And that just stuck with me. I just always remember it's such a hard job. Some people don't know, Mm -hmm. but dealing with all different kinds of people, they're making all kinds of demands on you. Some people are not very nice. Other people are wonderful. You just don't know what you're going to get when you walk up to that table. You don't know what's going on with them. Maybe they're in the middle of breaking up. Maybe they're celebrating something. You don't know. So I think 20% is the least you can do. Well, you're bringing up so many important issues. And I think that the conversation is so relevant for anybody who goes out to restaurants or works in restaurants, which mm-hmm. is pretty much most people if they're Almost. privileged enough to do yeah. that, right? And it is a privilege to get to go out to, to a it nice meal where somebody is. else is preparing you wonderful food. I mean, it absolutely it is. is a privilege. And it's also one of life's great experiences. Yeah. And it's an utterly human experience. You know, we used to say that that good good dishes come from great ingredients And I think that now we're realizing that it really first comes from the people. It's the people who select the ingredients, who choose to purchase food from different farmers, who choose to to behave the way they're behaving in the kitchen, who come up with the inspiration. You know, culinary arts, it is an art. And it is absolutely true. Chefs have their own style. Are you making like bold, hot food? Are you making, you know vegetarian dishes or is it simplicity on the plate or is it abundance or whatever it's a statement of what's going on and that's some of the wonderful things about food service is very much like that you know you you mentioned jacob he is a doll i mean just imagining jacob and frankly everybody who works with us it's like you feel a sense of connection when even when you think about these people because they're looking you in the eye they're feeling a certain way A wellness program for restaurants is not something that guarantees people are happy Uh or that they love their job or even frankly that the job that the that the that the restaurant is functioning correctly. It's really about be utterly present and aware and accountable to your emotions when you're showing up. Yeah. That if, if it's a hard day, learn how to say it's a hard day. Learn how to communicate in a way that doesn't bash people or abuse people or cut people down emotionally. Right. Right. You know, I mean just like the sake with your tip. I mean, if, if when you were in your first job and you didn't get your tip, if you would come to a wellness director, if you had that at your work, you could right. be like, oh my gosh, I feel, I can't believe they didn't tip me. And I would prompt you to say things like, tell me what those feelings are. Right. And you may say rejected, disappointed, yeah. embarrassed. Embarrassed hurt, was definitely you know, part of it. Unmotivated, uh-huh. angry, right? And the only thing to say back to that is, that makes perfect sense. Of yeah. course you feel that way. Well, just that validation, it would have been exactly. great, you know. And and like that wasn't a, call that wasn't to a the thing restaurant. in nineteen ninety well, yeah. four or but whatever. It's a call you know, to the restaurant to say, look, you know, if people choose to work in this industry, the restaurant has a responsibility to show up for their people. Right. 
That, right. It's it's really as simple as that. I think it's fantastic that you even like, you know, you're getting the opportunity to do that. I don't, I haven't really heard about any other programs like this. So I think it's fantastic. And are, are people calling you to um, have you come and consult just in the Seattle area or other places too? So I sit on a national coalition of mental health providers for restaurants. There are only about 10 of us, I think. So there are not a lot of people in the country right now that are doing this, although more and more people are popping up and Mm -hmm. movies like The Bear or shows like The Bear, movies like The Menu and Boiling We're getting to that movie in a minute. So that really calls a lot of attention to, but I am not aware of um, a peer in my position in our Seattle area doing this, but I am positive that that this this shift has happened and is happening. And I do get a lot of calls from chefs, from um, restaurateurs, even from servers, um, catering companies, and, and really? frankly, people outside of restaurants who just want to learn how to build a more connected work culture. That's so great. it's it's amazing. It's, it's such an honor to be able to do this kind of work. It's very meaningful work for me. I want to ask you a little bit about um, just mental health in the workplace in general. And I'm not just talking about like, okay, I'm good or whatever. Um, I think that the, the stigma sometimes is that, you know, there's some addiction issues and some, Mm -hmm. there's, there's obviously, you know, you know, I always, some restaurants I go to, I see the bartenders throwing a couple back behind the bar a lot. And so I assume that that's a very big part of the culture drugs and alcohol. Um, not that the culture is happening in your restaurant, but that s- some of the servers may be struggling with addic- addiction. Is that a thing? So substance use disorder is a really significant issue in the service industry, and it is in many other industries as well. I think that um, what's interesting about restaurants is that the public is sitting there watching, right? right? It's not like if you go to like a software company, it's not like a whole bunch of people are standing outside the window looking in and seeing like who's getting drunk after work or during work or whatever. So substance use is, is absolutely an issue. The fast pace and the emotional highs and lows of restaurant work really kind of begs for this desire to escape. There mm-hmm. is this sense of like, we're putting on a show every night and there's all this tension. And once you turn the lights off and the last guest has left, you do want to relax. You do want to celebrate. You want to decompress. You want to unwind, do something with this swell of energy that has come up. And so addiction really is the disease of escape. It is the disease of feel better fast. Um, Many of us, whether it's drugs and alcohol or shopping or relationships or your phone or TikTok, right? It's this, I want an immediate thing to take my mind away from this discomfort that I feel. Right. Um, so what we do in the, in, or at least my philosophy in a wellness program is to address the issue before you get to that place where, Ooh, I need to feel better fast. It's how do we manage the swell of emotional energy that's happening before, during, and after service. So an example would be that before we do service, we have a pre-shift lineup where a lot of restaurants would say, oh, okay, the, the specials tonight are going to be this and that. We have a party of this. We have a party of that. We also conclude our pre-shifts with um, an emotional check-in. So we all go around and say three words. How are you feeling right now? Um, so you say, you know, I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm tired. 
and everybody goes around and says their three words. And what we're doing is we're asking ourselves to be accountable to what we're bringing into that service right there. We're hearing each other. So we're actively listening and hearing what each other is. We're literally taking the temperature of our team, looking each other in the eye. Maybe somebody says, I'm sad, I'm tired, I'm sore or whatever. Like maybe somebody had a loss or something's going on. So we know that that person's section, they may need a little extra support, for instance. Mm -hmm. And we understand that way if somebody without that emotional check-in we would be like, why is so-and-so being such a jerk tonight? Right, exactly. Right? And then right. the finger pointing happens and all that. So we are, it is truly, literally connection. And that's all it is. Again, it's it's good. It's fine to be not okay. It's just right. that we say it and we own it. And what happens there is that swell of energy. It's like the team is moving together better. Yeah. So by the end of the night, we now have this conversation starter like, So you started off being this way. How are you now? Right. Or how did it go tonight with this or that? And instead of reaching for a substance and a numbing and an escape, we are more inclined to use our tool of language. Now, does that mean that nobody has a substance use issue in our restaurant? Probably not. You know, I don't go around diagnosing people or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say that quite a few people have taken the active choice to explore a sober lifestyle through learning some of the tools that we do share in our wellness program. And honestly, that's a, that's a big one for myself personally. Like if we can help somebody veer off of a direction that that's a huge win right there. I mean, it must be totally gratifying to see that. And for people to go home and, and actually have, have learned some emotional tools, like how to talk to your kids, maybe how to do some people tell me they do emotional check-ins now with their families at the dinner table. Um, That's, that's amazing. Now we have this language, this emotional literacy that we've taught people, um, which is, which is huge. And honestly, the guests, they love to ask about it. We love to tell them about it. You know, people are, there is this hum of interest and less stigma around emotional well-being more so than ever. And it's such a, it's so exciting and and powerful to, to be part of this movement yeah. Um, you know, I know it sounds a little pie in the sky, but it really is. It's really genuine. Well, I mean, one of the reasons I wanted you to come on and talk about it is because people just don't know, you know, like we yeah. all just go to eat and we're like, oh, yeah. good dinner. But there's right. so many more layers to it, which right. brings me to that freaking movie, Ugh. The Menu. So I don't I know. know who of you have seen it yet, but Deborah and I have both seen it. It's in theaters right now. Just came out last week, and I could not wait to see it, thinking it was going to be this, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what I thought, but holy mama mia. Yes. I mean, that movie was intense and disturbing. I took my 80-year-old father to see it, and about oh. a quarter way in, he looks at me and goes, I don't know if I like this movie. Yes, like, I, he I was feel like I know so exactly freaked when out. He and then afterwards, that. we went to lunch, and he was just like, I mean, he was like so freaked out. So without giving too much of the movie away, because everybody should go see it. It just like you and I were talking about yesterday and you I'm sure your words would be better. So you should you tell a little bit about what the premise is and then I'll add in my oohs and ahs. Well, yeah. So I, I will start by saying, you know, it is a there is amazing acting in it. It's a very engaging film. It is 
uncomfortable. It is disturbing and it is um, not appropriate for certain younger no. viewers. Especially, Do not take probably. your children to see yeah. this movie. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's very eye-opening and it's, it's very, um, the satire is amazing. It's very funny for a lot of people and myself included. I and thought shocking. it was very funny, yeah. but yeah. It's, it was also the absurdity of it. Right. Is scary. Right. So it's, you know, it's a movie about this high-end restaurant for just a 12 or so guests or whatever, where they spend an arm and a leg to have this multi-course, amazing chef's tasting menu. And so it's the story about this one group that goes and has dinner there. Um, And it's really poking fun at the different kinds of people that go out to restaurants. So there's the foodie, the person who's just like, the self-appointed food <laughs> critic of the world and like who loves to take food pictures. Oh and my God. Food that and, was the best, you know, by the way. That person is the best. Um, there's the food writer, the food critic for the newspaper who is filled with all of these like big words and all of these ways of describing things, which, you know, a lot of us, those food critics are very influential and amazing and all, and they hold a lot of power. And sometimes it's a little bit inappropriate amounts of power. Right. A lot, a lot of people would say, um, there's the investor in a restaurant. There's the, there's the group that, um, the group of, in this case, y- young guys who are like recently coming into some big money and the right. way that they act and, you know, it, it's, or the, the washed up, um, celebrity, you know, there's all these personalities that come in. And, and the married so- couple. The older and the married couple. couple, the regulars. Oh, the right? regulars, the regulars yes, who always it come was there and follow the chef. Such yeah. an eclectic group of people, yeah. and you know, um, they're all their comments. They're each sitting at their own table, and they're all making these little comments. Like the foodie is like eating, and you, I mean, he's like right. dying. Like he's so into this whatever oyster or whatever he was eating. Right. But the thing that was so scary about it was, of course, at each uh, course. The, the, the chef comes out and claps his hands really loud and everybody kind of like jumps mm-hmm. up and then the staff like do you have your staff yell yes chef at chef jason <laughs> every time he talks that's such an interesting one right so you're referring to the brigade style of running a kitchen um it's very militant and it's very orderly and there is something absolutely to be said for how important it is to have that kind of order and structure and methodology to a Mm -hmm. kitchen. Um, And yes, you know, yes, chef or traditionally we chef, O-U-I, the French we chef is is what people do. And Jason and I were lucky enough to eat at a beautiful restaurant called 11 Madison Park in Manhattan a few weeks ago. I saw your post. Yes. yes, That looked amazing. We we watched them doing that. And that was amazing. Um, and it's interesting at the lake house, we say that we have a we culture, but it's W E it's kind of a play on words, oh, but basically cute. That, that there is a sense <laughs> of order and connection, but it's much more of a team effort. Yeah. Um, but yes, the, the menu absolutely pokes fun at that brigade style militant way and that shouting and that structure. Um, it is effective in terms of, running a kitchen it used to be and it also is let's call it soul crushing yeah it is you know inappropriate and demoralizing very and demoralizing shaking. i couldn't believe yeah. like yeah you know that's the part i think that was so disturbing right you know about right about so we some of we directly movie. combat that but that that was a big one um the you know the 
it was, I went and saw it with my husband, the chef, you know, we could really relate. I know a lot of people in our restaurant went, a lot of the, the cooks and the line cooks and some of the, the hosts, like a few people all went together and they just couldn't stop laughing at so many of these, especially like <laughs> I bet. the foodie who assumes <laughs> that they can cook better than the chef, right? So and and maybe they can, but remember, food is subjective. Well, totally. Yeah, you know? I mean. So it's like, this is the best or this is the worst. I mean, it really, there is a technicality to the way that food is is done, but the self-appointed expert. The broken emulsion. So they bring her the bowl of yes. broken emulsion. Yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's an um, interesting film. It's, it, it is. So without giving any more than that away, the culture is so interesting. So if you are watching or listening, please definitely catch it in the theater. It's definitely worth it. Um, and I saw it at like 11 in the morning. So oh, really? I was like, oh my God. Afterwards, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I need a drink. Yeah. My dad it's was not like- for the faint of heart. Yeah. No, but go see it. It's not scary. It's just, it's, it's just disturbing, but it's also highly entertaining. And the acting is amazing. Um, just- Completely enjoyed it. But yeah. I don't think it's like that at the lake house. <laughs> it is not like that at the lake house. But again, I do want to make the, the point because this sometimes comes up. It's not that the lake house is some kind of utopia or any any restaurant that I've ever worked with. It's not that, that everyone is happy. That's such a important thing to bring up that a wellness program does not mean that nobody makes mistakes or that nobody has a bad day or that nobody does something wrong or hurts someone else's feelings or whatever. It's just that we have a forum to process that, communicate together, recover. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we always talk about we rise and fall together. We we actively teach people like assertion scripts and, and conflict resolution tools so that we can get through the realities of working in this industry. Um, so... I did want to make that point that it's, it's I, not that's that, a really good point to make. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're not the Pied Piper of like, this is the like rainbows place and, and yeah. unicorns at the lake house. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. We yeah. all make mistakes. It's about teaching people that they're safe to take accountability and take responsibility for their mistakes that, you know, saying you're sorry or doing better and showing up in a different way is how we grow. Yeah. So we have to make mistakes. You know, we have to let each other know when we've, ruffled feathers or hurt each other's feelings or made bigger mistakes. I mean, that's part of the territory. It is not for the faint of heart. Working in restaurants is not for the faint of heart. Right. It's like, we need that in real estate. <laughs> I think everybody needs it, right? We need Instead it in of all the passive aggressive, you know, because yeah. I'm in the service industry too, right? I'm just, yeah. it's a different client, but, right. um, yeah. you know, I spend a lot of time entertaining my clients in restaurants like the lake mm -hmm. house and other great restaurants in Bellevue and Seattle. And, you know, it is important part of my, my culture of what, you know, what I do. It's a great breaking bread with your clients is a great yeah. opportunity to get to talk to them. But you know, that whole experience is what I'm taking them for. Like, you know, I want right. them to feel that they're taken care of not only mm -hmm. by me, but by like, you know, bringing them to your restaurant or whatever. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's an extension, right. Of the kind of service that I want to provide to my clients. Absolutely. So it is definitely like multi-tiered any service industry, no matter if you're selling real estate and if you're selling something, if it's food on a plate, if it's a house, you know, if it's a mortgage, we're all in the service industry. 
So we are. There is such an amazing book now called Unreasonable Hospitality. Um, I definitely suggest it to anybody who's interested in this topic. Um, it just came out. It's amazing. It's by Will Gadara. Um, it is all about what is service, what is gracious service, what is genuine, authentic service. How do we go out of our way in a meaningful way to see and honor each other through service? Hmm. Um, it's really, really impactful. It would be a great holiday gift. Okay. Yeah, we for will make sure and, and post it with with w- when this comes out yeah, with the video. And, and I have no affiliation with it. I want to make that very clear. But just it's, a good recommendation. It's a good recommendation. And but what you're saying is so it's so apt. It's like you're going. You know, we're all interconnected. Yes. Right. Completely. Yeah. So true. I know. Um, one more question, and then I'll let you get back to it. Um, <laughs> it's the holidays. Just give a little, give us a little love of anything special that's going on at the lake house. I want to say the lake house has become one of my favorites as of late because of the lunch that we had there. It's just, uh, but it's not just the food. You sent me home with like olives and pickles and granola and all this stuff. I mean, like you have some, some stuff going on there too. I mean... We try, yeah, we try to have a little extra something for everybody. Um, We try to do from start to finish. We try to put our best foot forward, show people that we're listening, that we're paying attention and that we care. Um, Through the holidays, we're offering Christmas. We have a Christmas Eve dinner and a Christmas Day dinner, a four course chef's tasting menu. So people can make reservations at the lakehousebellevue.com for that. And we're also offering, um, Jason is is cooking a chef's tasting menu for um, New Year's Eve. It's an eight course menu. Oh, God. Um, it is lovely. Um, we are, we are just anybody who would choose to spend their holidays or any day with us. It's time is so precious to all of us that Absolutely. we want to, we just want to honor that somebody has chosen to share that time with us. So yeah, okay. we would love it to see you. It might be there anybody. on New Year's Eve. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm usually by myself, so I might be sitting with you and, and good, Chef. You well, are. Chef will be in the kitchen, but I might Perfect. join you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's great. Well, I just want to thank you so much. And um, I will obviously post um, the link to your website. Thank you. And, um, you know, obviously, please follow the Lake House as well um, on Insta. And then... Do you have a, an Insta for um, the balance yeah, plate? Yeah, it's at dfwconsulting.com. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so okay. you can post I'll, that I'll, too. I'll yeah. definitely post it. I think I follow you, so I should have known you. that. Thank um, you. But I, it's just been so eye-opening. I mean, we could go on and on and on, but people will probably yeah. get a little bored of us after a while. So, um, <laughs> you know, we may do part two. I know we're going to repost our amazing um, lunch video that we did. Oh, good. So we'll kind that of give so everybody fun. a little teaser because it was so fun. So we'll repost that on our Instagram and um, some little snippets of deliciousness from that, including when I got to talk to Jason. And I was like, you know, it's funny because chefs be- do become celebrity is a little bit right like we saw in this movie a little bit or like anthony bourdain and you know like they come out to your table and you're like the chef (laughs) came out to talk to me that's (laughs) so so sweet it's nice i mean it just makes you feel the love and that's the thing like 
you know, yes, he's just another, you know, guy that is a very good chef. But like to me, you made, just made me a beautiful dinner. So to me, oh. you're like a little bit of a celebrity because you fed me and you made me happy, you know? That means everything. I mean, the, the, the goal is to make you feel special. And because you are, you know, it's like it's a very genuine thing to, that we are truly so grateful to you and the rest of our friends and guests who come into our restaurant. So everybody well, you guys are in the right business because you definitely have it down. And it was such a pleasure to talk to you today and every Thank day. You. And you too. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my God. It was my pleasure. And if it is happening in real time, we are going to talk about it here on Real Time with Rachel. See you guys. Did you know a podcast episode like this can provide literally dozens of marketing content assets for your business? It's brought to you by Content Monster, your go-to for engaging marketing content like this podcast or remote video production. It's not just a podcast. It's your marketing powerhouse. Visit contentmonsta.com to learn more. That's contentmonsta.com.